Good morning, and welcome again to the Thrive Subscribe Podcast. Today we have a special edition podcast on the 1st of January, 2020. Happy New Year to everyone listening. Uh, Today, Randy and I are uh, just kind of discussing technology. Uh, And you know, Randy, uh, the last, you know, dozen years we've spent here at Towncrest, uh, we've spent a lot of time and effort looking at technologies and implementing technologies to improve our pharmacy workflow, our clinical workflow, and our just overall patient outcomes. Uh, and I know that in the uh, Flip the Pharmacy uh, project that you're working on, uh, we're into our fourth change package now, I believe. And this fourth change package, I also believe, is focusing on technologies. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, that's, that sounds good, Mike. Yeah, so this uh, fourth domain is actually about implementation of technology and optimizing use of technology within the workflow and the workplace. But it's also about documentation and e-care plan um, optimization as well, too. So it's really looking at how you can use technology in a different way. So we felt like that was an important domain because, as you and I know, with our own experience at Towncrest, by optimizing use of technology, we not only improve our workflow efficiencies, we improve the use of our staff, we also improve how we use our inventory and how we have to have real-time inventory, and we also um, do, just do a much better job on the clinical aspects because our, our flow of clinical information follows that same workflow with the other part on the product side as well. And so technology is really important, and I guess I understand uh, that the, the subject matter experts that have been involved with the Flip the Pharmacy, they regularly kind of talk over some of the issues before you roll out these change packages. Uh, Is that what we're going to kind of listen to today? Yeah, so um, what we're going to be hearing now is we uh, had a recording session where we wanted to uh, really kind of uh, figure out from the subject matter experts how they're actually utilizing technology within their own pharmacies. So it was a very open discussion. I did a level set and then started asking questions about what are they doing to really optimize use of technology so we could pass that on to other pharmacists that are practicing out there and trying to transform their practices. Yeah, and I've listened to this this uh, particular discussion and it's very fascinating. So even though it's not truly a, a podcast from the standpoint of where it originated, I think it's very beneficial to uh, all the pharmacists and pharmacy staff out there, not only in Flip the Pharmacy, but also just looking to those pharmacies looking to transform their practices. So let's, you know, tune in and take a listen. That sounds good, Mike. Thanks. This next change package that we're going to be talking about is about technology and the optimization and uh, utilization of technology and electronic care plans within practice. So I thought I would start by just kind of doing a level set on how I see technology being used within our own practice, and then open it up um, with questions uh, that you saw that we had submitted to everyone as far as how you utilize technology within your own practice. But the way that I see it from Towncrest Pharmacy and how we utilize it, um, and by no means is this you know, comprehensive, but just how we have seen it being used. One is the improvement of the efficiencies of product dispensing. So we have utilized automation. Uh, We've got several robots that we have uh, purchased over the years. We start off with um, just the icon technology because we're having too many errors that were occurring within flow, with workflow. And so by implementing the icon, we were able to slow the process down, take pictures, make sure people were putting the right product into the right bottle, and that really did reduce the amount of errors. But another thing that we saw when we actually went beyond just the icon but started using automation and robots to do the filling of the prescriptions, we saw um, that our inventory management became much better. But the other thing we saw was the efficiencies of, of product dispensing. And so I really see automation and technology being used for prescription processing, navigation of the prescription, and improve the efficiencies of this dispensing process in general. Because we're using technology in that way, we've also seen an improvement in how we're using our personnel. So they can really focus more on the patient aspects, whether it be triaging patient, taking care of patient issues, um, while um, also pulling the information or pulling the product from the um, robot as well. So overall, just an improvement in in practice efficiencies from product distribution. The other component that I see with technology is improvement in the efficiencies of patient care. So if we have the appropriate technology, the appropriate clinical documentation, uh, we see a good flow of patient information. Um, We're seeing we're able to access patient information um, within workflow. I think an important aspect of 
of technology and e-care plans or care planning and, and appropriate clinical documentation. So we're able to extract that information pretty readily and we're able to target patients um, so that during workflow when those patients come into our pharmacy and we see that they have some um, potential medication issues or they have a condition for which we need to be monitoring, um, we can quickly um, access those patients um, and do an assessment and uh, make sure we're doing the right intervention at the time that they're into the pharmacy. We also see it as a place that we can collect information very quickly from the patient and upload that information into the documentation system, again, real time, so that we can make sure we're, we're efficient with our time <clears throat> and resources. We can also share that patient information. Again, if we have the right technology, can we share that information with other providers, such as a patient care plan, e-care plan, or a patient care plan, or you know, a progress note that we've submitted. And we've done that with um, multiple providers that we work with as well, too. Another thing that I see with technology, and it may not be with the automation, it may not be with the um, practice management system, but it might be more just other things that we're doing. So using automation or technology to help us collect information, that might be blood pressures, it might be A1Cs, it might be cholesterols on um, fasting lipid panels. Um, it might be pharmacogenomics. It might be that we're using technology to really um, identify the types of medication-related problems our patients have and what kind of interventions that pharmacist made. So it really becomes kind of a collection of information that's important for us to appropriately assess our patients. But I also see it in the last part really being um, the e-care plan, which is a standardized way that we're sharing that information. So from a quality assurance perspective, we're seeing that already when we um, look at the data that's provided to us with the e-care plans being submitted. Um, I think as we continue to expand upon this, we'll be able to really identify um, the quality of the interventions that the pharmacists are making. What kind of medication-related problems are they identifying? What are their actions? What are their interventions? And really capitalize on that so as we go to other payers or other stakeholders, we can demonstrate the value that we're bringing into this. I see it being a part of a billing system so that you know once we make the interventions, we're able to bill for that, um, and that intervention in a real time as well. And as we said, it's also sharing the information with other providers in a standardized way so that whatever we're putting into our system is, be able, to, is able to be uploaded into their um, system and vice versa so that we have a robust patient record. Um, so those are some of the things that I see um, from my perspective. And with that, I want to kind of open it up uh, to the group to find out based upon what, some of the comments that I made, but how you might be using technology in a similar way or in a different way. So this is a open uh, mic, so I'd like to see what anybody would have to offer. Hey Randy, this is Matt. Hey Matt. I think one of the things that we've done, and it's probably been well, I suppose two years ago maybe, is setting up dual monitors at workstations. And, you know, my original thought when my staff brought this to me was, do we really need this? Looks like a lot of money. Looks like we're going to have to rearrange stuff to get the space to fit. But it is probably the single most uh, enhancing to our workflow uh intervention or, or thing that we've added in the last couple of years that's really made a big difference. And when you think about where we are right now in, in what we're trying to do, especially in enhanced service areas, is, you know, there's so many pharmacies that are, that are working with, you know, both a technology vendor and their, and their software uh, dispensing system or, or, you know, practice management system. So if you are look, using Prescribe Wellness and QS1 to have two different, the opportunity to look at the same patient on two different screens really has made us more efficient. And, and you know, we're looking at it with uh, looking at iris uh, easily when we're looking at, you know, the immunization status of patients, being able to have the outcomes uh, uh, box open if, we, if we're looking at, uh, at doing some MTM with the patient. Or even, you know, a lot of my pharmacists have two clients open at the same time under with QS1. So they, you know, if they're in the middle of working on somebody, they get a phone call, they can they can pop up on another screen 
the patient who's on the phone without interrupting what they're doing. So again, just not having to get in and out of the system frequently is a, is a is a help from that. And and in Iowa with the Medwise Advisor, uh, the tabular Rasa software that we use uh, on our on a group of patients, that you know it's a very complex software when you can be in real time looking at what their current med list is in your uh, dispensing system at the same time that you're trying to figure out how you're going to rearrange those meds to reduce the potential for drug-drug interactions is a real help. So I think that one piece to me uh, that I saw as being, you know, as someone who's not very up on technology, uh, saw as being, you know, just kind of a, you know, maybe a little bonus thing has, has made a huge difference in our practice. Um, I think the yeah, other, the I other appreciate piece, that, Matt. Yeah. The other piece that we've talked about frequently is the fact that there's a lot of people who don't know all the things that their dispensing system will do to help them be more efficient. Uh, the way that you can set up patient reminders for immunizations or for MTM visits or, you know, that, so that when a technician opens up a patient, when they arrive at the, at the check-in counter, if a message pops up and says this patient is due for an MTM visit, you know, that there's an opportunity to uh, meet. We've got the patient here. Let's get them down to a, to the resident or the student or to a pharmacist while they're waiting for their current order and be efficient with their time and our time uh, to capture that opportunity to provide some care to that patient. So those are the two things that I think of with the, from a technology standpoint that I think that people should consider. And I, I'm sure that there's lots of people that are using dual monitors, but I, I can tell you that the investment uh, has really been worth it for our practice. So Matt, I appreciate that. What I was going to tell you is that we haven't gone to dual monitors, but what we have done is been able to go to a shift key, right? So that we can go through, I can go to Iris, I can go to Outcomes, I can go to Medwise Advisor, all within that one monitor. But I do see some of the advantages that if you did have dual monitors, um, that like if I'm in my pharmacy management system, you know, and I've got a patient coming in, well, I'm going to have to get out of the patient that I might be in on that pharmacy management system to, to look at that. So I do see there could be some advantages, um, you know, again, I think space and things of that nature would have to be taken into consideration, but also, you know, how can you shift just with on one computer monitor in between these different functions as well, too. And I totally agree with you that we don't, we probably don't know what we don't know when it comes to our different vendors and our pharmacy management system or our clinical documentation system. I doubt we know everything there is to know about Medwise Advisor, right? <laughs> so, you know, how do we optimize our knowledge so that we can optimize the use of our systems so that really can provide the kind of care that we're providing? So I appreciate both those comments. So, And, and Randy, I would just tell you that your flip the pharmacy coach might be telling you you need more monitors. <laughs> I wonder where I wonder where they're coming from. <laughs> no, I appreciate that. Thanks, Matt. Do we have anybody else who wants to add what they're doing? This, this is Paul Iverson, and, and I didn't want to talk about what I'm doing because I'm not doing anything at the moment. But I'm, I'm listening to this conversation, thinking about how am I going to teach this to the pharmacies that I'm working with or coach it, since everybody will be so different. And I'm wondering if. If at some point in time you can take some of these technology ideas, which I'm sure there are many more, and put together a little webinar or something else that people could click into all the different participants and just see the other options out there, kind of like a virtual go to a technology show, see the different things are there so they can say this would work where I am, this wouldn't. Just some random thoughts. And I have to share them early before I forget them as one yeah. of the older ones on the call. <laughs> Paul, I appreciate that. And we talked about that and we felt like with this first progression of this domain that we probably just need to level set people to say, you know, what, how are people using technology? And as we go through the next three progressions under this domain, start to, you know, challenge uh, the practices to start implementing some of the technologies that's out there. So, no, I truly appreciate that. And that probably should be some of the things we think about is what are some of the add-on webinars we could do um, for this um, domain? So thank you for that that information, those ideas. I just think a webinar will be way more effective than I will teaching them the different things that are out there. Yeah, like, yeah, so I appreciate well, it. Hey, this is Deborah. Like uh, Paul said, I'm, um, just like when um, 
Matt started and he was saying dual monitors, I was I immediately was getting ready to say, I need you to dumb that down, Matt. Um, Because I was thinking, well, what's he doing with those dual monitors? Because I can walk into a pharmacy and watch what they're doing and say, oh, that's a really good idea. I've never thought about that. I, I guess I'm very visual. So watching somebody's workflow or seeing what they're doing or seeing them incorporate it um, makes way more sense to me than talking about it. Um, so I guess for visual learners, um, a webinar would be very helpful. Deborah, I appreciate that. We are visual. I know I'm a visual learner, so seeing it is much better than someone trying to explain it to me. If I can have explanations of viewing it, it becomes that much more powerful. So I totally agree that um, having some kind of a visual experience uh, for the pharmacists that are out there uh, so they can see firsthand what people are talking about. The other thing I will say, too, is what works for one pharmacy may not necessarily work for another pharmacy, so to also be open. But to challenge yourself to make sure that you're optimizing the use of technology in your pharmacy so you can free up the pharmacist. Because ultimately, to me, it's about improving the efficiencies and freeing up the pharmacist to provide patient care. So how can we utilize these technologies? As Matt talked about, the dual monitors, it does give the, the pharmacist the advantage to be able to do multiple things within their space um, to really optimize the time with the patient. This is Jeff. So we, we use the dual monitors at all of our stations also. And I think it, to me, I think it's a must for everybody. It really makes it a more efficient process with all the platforms are, that we work on. Um, and then one of the other things that we added was um, we've had in the last year an icon like you have. And we actually use that for, it's a requirement for my staff that every controlled substance must go through that. So it takes a picture I would say we've probably used it 10 times where somebody said they didn't get enough morphine tablets where before you would, um, you know, go to your um, perpetual inventory book and, and then you could show them, but still there wasn't really any hard, you know, hard, a hard picture, a hard stop for that. So we've actually used that. And, and to me, it's, it's kind of a safety check. And with the, in the controlled substance age that we're in, then it's really become part of a, a efficiency in our workflow. And then the other thing that we just added that's, you know, probably off for a lot of people is we just we just started telepharmacy, which has really increased our clinical ability because we don't have to send a pharmacist every day to our one of our rural areas. So that's really freed our pharmacist up to be on site doing clinical work um, in our pharmacy. So, you know, the dual monitors, the icon, and for those people that, you know, are, are lacking resources or, or pharmacists in, in, in rural America, then that's an opportunity too to look into is the telepharmacy. I appreciate that. You know, that is a good, important aspect of uh, technology and advances is how do we, you know, um, integrate and implement telepharmacy, especially in those areas where it may be difficult and it may be challenging from an affordability perspective to put a pharmacy in, but how can pharmacists use the technology that's out there to really impact those patients in more rural, more remote areas of the state? So, Jeff, I appreciate that information. And I totally agree with the uh, technology, with the icon, as far as, you know, when it takes a picture and someone's challenging you, um, you have, you know, that, that evidence to say how many pet tablets were actually put into the bottle, et cetera. So, and it's also helpful from a per perpetual inventory to make sure you have an accurate count. And we have used the icon for that. We also use the icon, just so you know, we're getting ready to do end of the year inventory, right? And we actually go to the um, one of the companies and we actually rent um, for the inventory. So we do an accurate count of all of our prescription medications. And we'll also we'll use that for our end of the year count for our controlled substances as well too it makes it very fast very efficient and very accurate so we do optimize the use of our icons as much as we can anybody else would like to add how they're using technology Amber, trip um, i mean you know we don't have an icon or anything like that um we have talked about the dual screens that Matt and a couple others have mentioned just because, you know, where we use RX30 and then the prescribed wellness, we're in and out of both of those all the time. And they're not 
you know, integrated where we can click on it from RX30. So I do see where the dual monitors would really help with our time and just making sure that we are targeting the correct patients as they come in. Um, so that has been something that we have discussed. Um, Deborah, this is Jeff. We we just started doing uh, prescribed wellness over the last six months, so it really makes it more efficient um, since our with our RX30 system to have both screens up when we're you know, med syncing first thing in the morning or, you know, something that Yeah, because we have to, yeah, us. we have to switch back and forth, you know, in the windows. So that is something yeah. that we have talked about implementing. So I'm glad to hear that that is really helping in other pharmacies. Randy Tripp. Uh, yeah, Tripp. I love this dual, this double screen thing that, that makes a lot of sense. So I'm taking notes personally. The only thing that I think outside of this, just from an efficiency standpoint that we've done is we've used different instant messaging things like group me and so on to make sure our pharmacists are on the same page. Our community health workers are on the same page. Our, our front end people are on the same page just to make sure that, you know, one of the big inefficiencies that we've seen that really impacts patient care is if you've got to tell this, tell every single person the exact same instruction. Um, if we can find ways to streamline the instruction to the staff, then you only really have to educate once and you've got a channel for for a questions back. And so that's kind of what we've done with like newsletters and we're trying to consolidate those things, make sure that pharmacy staff has a has a role and a title and then you you send give them a message and they disseminate it to everybody else, which you know, on the patient facing side, if you're offering pharmacogenomics or you're somebody's coming in for that MedSync visit. That way, they don't come in and talk to somebody that has no idea what MedSync is, which slows the whole process down and is very inefficient. So technology can can solve for a little bit of that, too, from a messaging to the staff and to, to ensure that everybody's on the same page. Tripp, can I ask you what platforms you use for that instant messaging? Uh, we use currently GroupMe as a free app for cell phones that we do for people that, that we do that for pharmacists and for, for certain groups. And then we also have some uh, some internal email and shared documents that we use for, uh, for um, just internally using Google type um, email, Google Sheets and so on. Randy, we're doing the same at my pharmacy. You're using what? What are you using? Um, well, we're using um, Google to share documents okay. with each okay. other, and um, I mean, I have text. I mean, all of my. I mean, I only have six staff members, so I mean, I have a group text, and everybody gets everything, so that yep. everybody knows all the same information. Um, yep. Like for policies and information like that, that gets sent out by email. And I'll send a text that says, check your email, you know, because it's like something, you know, bigger than that needs to be covered by a text message. But like it'll say, you know, hey, the flip the pharmacy change package is in your inbox or whatever, you know, something like that. You know, so that's that's right. a bigger thing than just a text message. But if it's just like some specific instructions, then that'll go up by text message. And then, um, yeah. Yeah, and I, and I appreciate that. Use the trip. This, Go yeah, ahead. How do you how do you use the? Give me an example how you use the group. I, I, it's probably like the Remind Me app that we use for. I use that for a lot Some of more. my youth sports. Yeah, but how? Some how, more. how do so, you, a, a recent example. That's a good question. So, recent example was USB 800 was out, and so um, I gave our pharmacist and our group me um, group because I've got multiple locations. And so gave them updates along the way and then had a reminder today's USB 800. And then I had some questions back about that. Well, what about this, this, and this? Um, we just ran into this problem and we solved that as a group instead of me having to disseminate that information out there. Um, same thing with, um, Medicare Part D open enrollment or, or, or whatever the situation is, we, we can consolidate. And then like we're reworking some policies for, for policies and procedures for 2020. And so, um, a lot of it revolve around patient care. And so that will be, you know, when, when it hits to Deborah's point, when it hits their inbox, everybody will get a little message in their own little group saying, Hey, um, be sure to check this out. Questions come back, but you, you've got the, it's your responsibility to, to, digest this information in X amount of time. Would that be a way to send providers a newsletter too? I mean, I'm just thinking, could you group me with providers? Um, 
Yeah, so it's not secure. I'm, I'm sure there are some secure, but as far as these free apps, they aren't. But yeah, um, there, there, and I'll tell you, that's an interesting point. There are some provider groups um, on the social services side in my area that do have similar things. That that's an that'd be an interesting interesting thing just, to, to like do. Have a provider group. Yeah, it might be a little niche you could have is, you know, solidifying that relationship with providers now with the technology piece versus sending them a, something in the mail or by fax, which everybody does. So that would be a, a, another way to do that. And, and like, for example, in January, you know, I'll send out a thing to all of my staff that says, hey, remember you know, deductibles are going to start over when patients say, hey, why is my copay so high? Remember, check the screen to see if they have a deductible. You know, like little things just to remind people uh, about things like that. Like that's that's what is great about those types of messages. Yeah, I totally agree, too. And we have also um, used a platform called Slack to get messages out to people. Um, you know, the challenge with that, you just got to make sure you're keeping it updated. But the same is true if you have a group email, which I have as well, too, to keep everybody informed about what's going on. Um, and just making sure the employees recognize that they need to be checking. <laughs> if you see a message coming from Slack or coming from the group email to be checking that because it's usually important messages that are being sent out to them, including make sure they're getting, you know, the the compliance that they need for education every year. And, you know, we got like seven, eight programs that I had to make sure everybody knew they had to have by a certain date. And, uh, and so that, that's another way that we've utilized those. And then Cody, um, I don't know if you can um, speak up, Cody, but I think what you just sent to me, do you want to talk about that? Hey, Randy, sure. This is Cody. Um, so at Moose Pharmacy, we use OMD, O-H-M-D. It's a free messaging system that's HIPAA compliant. So you can use this in very different ways. Um, a couple of the different ways that we've used it is being able to make workflow more efficient in the pharmacy. So if we have what we call our, our adherence center where the technicians are more in the back of the pharmacy. And so if we're pharmacists up at the front checking prescriptions and we've got questions about it, instead of walking back to that technician, which is probably about 20 to 30 steps away, what we'll do is message them on the OMD app and so they get that message and can reply to us in real time. There's a couple other ways that we use it, too, in the fact that um, for Medicare appointments, you could use this for appointment-based models of any type of sort, is you can schedule patients also um, in certain platforms. Uh, one of them is we've used is Acuity. And then also you can utilize OMD to message back and forth with the patients because it is HIPAA-compliant. Um, there's an app for the phone, and then there's also a website, and so you get your own login. You can create different groups within your pharmacy. So if you want just a pharmacist group, if you want pharmacists and technicians, and then also you um, can just message those people within your pharmacy directly too. So I think that's a good way to improve efficiencies within the workflow, um, and I'm sure there's certainly a lot more aspects to it that would really help out with um, workflow that we haven't even discovered yet. Cody, can you, so can, you, can you send back to providers? Yeah, so uh, the other, I was actually just looking up a little bit more information about it as um, I was getting ready to talk here. Um, you can actually, I think it's integrated with 30 EHRs. So I'm not sure exactly um, how that works, but it does seem that you can communicate back and forth with providers whether or not that's directly on their own, uh, I guess, username or if it's within the EHR. So it does seem possible. So, okay. So, you know, one of the inefficiencies I think is the response back from providers. And so right now you have a phone, you have, you know, fax, sometimes you can do it electronic, but there's still that inefficiency, which really makes it inefficient for not for patient care and the pharmacy workflow. So, could you set up some, can, you think you could use that as a group app that you could set to with the, um, you know, whoever's um, doing refills and doing PAs for the providers to, as, as a list that we still haven't heard back on these versus have to be on hold or fax or not receive? Yeah, I do not see a barrier in that. I think what this is telling us is that there's a lot of platforms, just like we may not understand our practice management system optimally, we may not know all the different 
platforms that are out there. And I think part of um, the progressions and the change package is to maybe provide people with some options. Um, so I think that's something that's good that we're talking about this and we may need to do a little bit more research into it to find out what exists out there. And, and I appreciate too, Cody, that you talked about HIPAA compliance because obviously, especially if we're sharing information, we gotta make sure we're secure. And that's always a concern that people have as well too. Any other comments about this, this question as far as using technology in your workplace? Do we have anybody that has a student this month that could um, make this a project as part of the flip the pharmacy? Because I would really like to know what's out there and 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 have like little snippets or snapshots of you know so we so that each individual pharmacy or each individual person doesn't have to do all the legwork. They just maybe have to take the time to review the material that somebody else collates and then say, okay, I think I want to check into this one. I always hate when I offer up um, a student <laughs> from my practice because I don't know what else is being offered up from them as well too. But, you know, that's something that we definitely could look at from our practice and I can work with the resident and with um, the student in Kelly Kent, um, who is a co-owner and director of uh, uh, clinical uh, services. So I can have her um, kind of oversee it and we can put, put together maybe just a list of what we find out there. Would that be helpful? It looks like Anne Marie said in the chat, let's check with ACT regarding students. So maybe Ooh, she's going to say Good idea. That. Yeah, um, I like that idea. Very good uh, because idea. I think, I think this deserves um, a little bit more kind of research um, because yes. I, mean, I think we're finding that there's stuff out there. It's just we, we just don't know what else out there. And I think we need to know what's out there so that we can make an educated decision of yeah. what we might want to use in our practice. Um, but I don't think every single pharmacy and every single um, pharmacist needs to go and spend all the legwork. We just kind of need to consolidate it a little bit and then then yeah. go and make an educated decision. Yeah, so Amory, I appreciate that uh, feedback. So I think maybe we go to Melissa and, and Sophia and, and see if we can um, put something together from yeah. a student perspective to help us with that. So thank you. Yep, forgot I could unmute. So <laughs> typed it in chat. Thanks for reading <laughs> Yeah. Speaking of technology. <laughs> yeah. No, that's great. That's great. So thank you for that um, information. Um, the next part of the um, of this is to talk about really more about the clinical documentation. Here's my concern. You know, I've heard some pharmacists, you know, going in after hours or on a weekend and putting all their 25 e-care plans in and make it more of a checkoff box of okay, I got my 25 e-care plans in. You know, the whole purpose of why we're doing clinical documentation and we have the e-care plan is because it's a it's a patient care document. So we should go be going back to that patient care document. It should be part of our workflow. And with the end being that it's, you know, we have a complete record that is being uploaded um, into, you know, a standardized format. So again, from a quality assurance perspective or something we could be sharing with other providers. I know we're in the early stages of that, but can some of you talk to how you are integrating clinical documentation within the, within your system, whatever vendor you're using, and how you're going back to use that information in real time during workflow to optimize patients' medications? Matt, I'm going to start with you again. Better unmute, I guess, then. <laughs> we are uh, so we're you know we have been doing it using our QS1 outcomes notes as our clinical documentation system since the 90s and so it's very easy to access it's very easy to see in the first line of the note if it's a note that you think you need to read before you take care of a patient or if you're providing some ongoing care to a patient so we are at this point still trying to move to the e-care plan as our new clinical documentation system. And we're working with QS1 to try and make it so that you can, in a, you know, in a click or two, see what's in a particular note and see if it pertains to what you're trying to do with a particular patient at a particular time. We're not there yet. We are 
not only trying to get them to uh, update their e-care plan so that it is more user-friendly, and we also have to get ourselves out of a habit that we've had, you know, now for for over 20 years. Um, so I think the things that we're trying to do is a we've got some little colored cheat sheets that if you something that if you if you have an interaction with a patient that you think is uh, that you're deeming that we should put this into an e-care plan you have an opportunity to circle some items write some quick notes and put that in a basket and if you don't have time to put it in the student or the resident will also look at that basket and if they can understand what you've done they'll put it in for you the other piece is we're, we're printing out on a regular basis who, who has new things in the e-care plan because one of the things that we have done for as long as we've used the, the outcomes notes in QS1 is every morning, every note that was put in the day before prints out and the student reviews those to make sure they're complete or if there's follow-ups that goes into the follow-up calendar. The resident reviews them to see if the student's notes make sense. I review the residents' notes. We have this quality control piece that we've been going on for several years. And, we, we, and again, we need to take that and transition it to the new model. And you know, we're, we're still working at it day to day. So I, I don't know that we're a great example for somebody who's got it fully on, but we are, we do again, if, if someone has started an e-care plan on a particular patient, we're having them write a quick note in the outcomes notes just to say, check the e-care plan on your next, you know, the next visit with this patient. So yeah. still kind of utilizing the two systems, but, uh, you know, it, it's, it's a constant pressure to figure out what needs to be documented and who's going to document it. And, uh, you know, as I said, we're still in a, uh, in a phase of trying to figure out the best way to make that happen in our practice. For the most part, it's still, you know, the, the pharmacist that provides the care, it's, it's on their shoulder to do the documentation. And, and then for the pharmacist getting ready to see a patient provide care, it's on their shoulders to look in the places where you think you can get, gather the information you need that's most current on that patient so you can be as effective and efficient as you can. So Matt, what I would say is that although you may claim that you're not the model um, from the perspective of optimizing the use of your your QS1, because you're building that as you go and, and you're breaking old habits, what you have done though is you create the process. And that process now can be translated into a more electronic platform, um, but, the, but the vendors have to understand the process. And so I think it's great that you have that process. I'm all about processes because that's what we did when we created our own clinical documentation system that we integrate within workflow. I had to make sure that, you know, what information do we need? How do we use it? How do we document it? And then how do we build it into an electronic platform so it becomes more, increases the efficiencies of the practice? So I would say you are a model um, in, in the perspective of, of creating the processes that can be translated into uh, a vendor program. Jeff, how about you? So we we really use, you know, we I, I kind of think of our process as the trigger, the collection, and then, you know, the dissemination of the information either back to the patient or to the provider. And in our dispensing workflow, really our trigger happens through our pharmacy management system, RX30. We have sort codes we can put in there. And so it allows us to put six sort codes in there. So that and then also the um, insurance, we have different things that will trigger us on that. Um, label. So when the pharmacist or the tech is not only counting, we try to train them also when you see some of those sort codes, you know, jot some notes so that you also are involved with it. And then the pharmacist will see that. So whether or not, um, you know, for example, we do with, with Wellmark. So we'd have Wellmark in that sort code. So that's a trigger right there that, you know, we want to make sure that we're monitoring all that's the metrics that are with that. And so with that trigger, we actually have a, a little three by five sheet that's called, we have it called the objective data task. And we've got the patient name, the A1C, um, blood pressure, statin, PHQ-9, asthma, COPD, and then immunization. So each one of those patients as we're going through, whether it's MedSync, Trigger, that would be on the sort code that's MedSync, you know, PW for prescribed wellness. Um, we'll grab that data sheet 
and put that with that and then jot any quick notes down to put in the basket. And with that, for example, you know, I've got one that we did on a patient that, you know, the question was, when was your last A1C? And, you know, when, what was your last blood pressure? If they ask, tell us that they don't know their blood pressure, then we uh, take that. So we, you know, do 50 to 75 blood pressures a week. And then we also, for each one of those, we have on our, our, uh, our label, a sort code for consent. So we have a consent and the year to make sure that all the consents are formed. So if they aren't able to provide data for us, or if we're not able to get data, then we send that consent off to the providers. And then we get that right away um, with any information that we needed. Um, so as so it what goes you, into- What you've done, Jeff, goes, go ahead. What's that? As we- I just say- All those, all those trigger, about, when those trigger and then we put that into the basket, then we also put a note in there for the technician who's been trained on what all these notes are. And we have two different forms we put in there. One is patient consultation, which means the pharmacist has to end that um, encounter. Or we have one in there that says, please provide information to the pharmacist. And that's the text cue that they can get that information, whether it's a blood pressure, you know, in our consultation room, whether that's just the patient interview to gather information that we need. And then they'll make sure that that gets back to us so that it's put into an e-care plan. And once we collect all that data, you know, there's, then that information then is used to send to the providers if we feel that it's pertinent. Or with our eCare plan, we do a follow-up in our um, strand. It's got a, a task, and then we'll follow up. So if, if the patient had a blood pressure that was borderline or we had a, a history of blood pressure, then we'll put a task in there, say, to follow up in one week. So and we have good response right now with patients following up with us on those. So. Um, we use Strand, we use um, as our main clinical piece. We use prescribed wellness for our MedSync. And right now what we do is when we MedSync all of our patients, we print out a, um, a form that tells us all the meds, whether they're due now, coming up. It also gives us that med sheet that we can review quickly um, to see if we need to call them, have them check in with us, what we need to put in there again, this would be in the workflow. And then we also use DocStation. Right now we use DocStation. Basically, we put information in there because that I feel like that platform right now gives us the most, um, it summarizes. So if my goal was uh, blood pressure was less than 140, less than 90, it'll actually trigger all those patients as we enter those. And then we'll work those patients into our workflow also. So we might put DocStation on our, in our sort code. So really our pharmacy management triggers our workflow and then from there, we collect all the information we need from the patient, whether that's the tech or the pharmacist. And then we get that information off to the providers or following up with the patient again. So it sounds like, Jeff, what you're doing then is you're integrating, you know, the technology to um, identify the patients that you need to be doing something for. You may be using a paper-based system to, to further collect information uh, along the way, but you also have multiple vendors for multiple uses. Um, which I know you've been doing this for uh, quite a long time. Yeah. So I appreciate that information. So again, what you have done, and you're also very process oriented, right? <laughs> yeah. And so what you're hearing from a Matt perspective, from your perspective, and also from my perspective, get the process down because then you can start looking at the technology and the vendors that can help you to automate it better. What we've tried to do is get away from the paper as much as possible, use the technology to help flag the patient, provide us with the intervention we need to do electronically, and then do the intervention, collect the information, and it's all real time. And so we try to minimize as much paper as we possibly can to improve the efficiencies. That's where I think we need to get to um, with our vendors. It's not just an e-care plan where it's a one-up and I did it, I'm completed, and never refer to it again, but how do we continue to use it the way that Matt and uh, Jeff and I are using it to use it as a patient record. So I appreciate that. Does anybody else and have I'm anything to sure add on this? I'm not project? sure I could really do that without dual monitors either. We use, we really utilize that in our workflow. And, and, I, and I agree with you, Randy, is that the vendors really need to, I mean, they almost need to job shadow these pharmacists that are doing these processes to really see that versus trying to discuss that with them over the phone. Yeah, I totally agree with you. We talked about that in the past about, you know, they need to be integrated or see it within the pharmacy to really appreciate what we're talking about. 
And uh, so I totally agree with you on that. In fact, I have a call with one of my vendors this next week, and uh, I'm going to challenge them to come out because they're trying to tell me how I can be more efficient with their system, and I'm trying to tell them how their system needs to be more efficient. <laughs> so it's interesting. Right, right. Um, this is Paul. I just had one other thought, more coaching related. So again, it sounds like most of the people here have been charting and using their charts for a long time to, for patient care. I have a young lady I'm working with who called me last week because she was really worried. She wanted to make sure she was doing her care plan right. And I said, you know, there really isn't right or wrong. I said, it's, what's important is can you read your care plan and know what you did and be able to look at it later and know what you need to do? And if you can do those things, it's fine. Um, so they get hung up again on, on the details and forget that the goal is to make notes that help you improve patient care and also eventually to get paid for that patient care. Yeah. So just throw that out for thought. Paul, I appreciate that. One of the things I try to teach, you know, my students and, and residents is that there's really three reasons why we document. The first and foremost, and the most important is it's a patient care tool. So anything you're putting in there should give you a, a, a glimpse of what you did at that time. Really, that patient care tool, that documentation tool becomes the story of the patient with that encounter that you had at the time being that glimpse or that picture of that patient at that time. And your information should reflect what you did. And you can refer back to that so you can follow up with that patient. But the other two reasons why we have to do documentation is because it becomes a legal record, right? So if we're being challenged, we can go back saying, this is the care that I provided to the patient. So you know, if anyone's questioning you, but it's also then from a billing perspective that if anybody challenged you in the sense, did you really do what you say you did? Um, it can be audited and you can see that, yeah, I actually provided that care so that, you know, people are paying you and that they're not going to take any money back from you in the future. So those are the three reasons that I tell people why we document but that patient care aspect is the most important. So as long as it's providing you with information that you can appropriately care for that patient, then you've got, you know, the kind of documentation you need to be doing. And that's what the vendors, as we develop the, the platforms, really need to capture that information, which they are capturing it. And as Cody has developed that form, it's starting to lead the vendors down that road as what's the information that's important from a patient care perspective. Cody, you have anything to add to that? Sorry, Randy, I was having trouble getting unmuted there. Um, I think the only thing to add with the patient forms is um, being able to just put those on bags and stuff. I think I've had a couple conversations this morning. I know this is more about technology, but um, this is really how you weave in some of those things that you're doing in workflow is to use those forms and put those on patients' bags. So those are intended to be bag tags especially for the December change package, and I'm sure future ones will be also as we're developing those currently. But utilize those to make your way back to the care plan and document that care that you're providing would be the only thing that I would help remind pharmacies of. I appreciate that. Does anybody have anything to add as we finish up this, this hour? Um, I was Randy just going to add, this is Amber. Um, we do the bag tags, like Cody said, so... We start the process at intake with the technician, and they have the triggers like we were talking about. We put those on the forms. The pharmacist looks at it to see if there's anything that they need to do immediately to the care plan, but we try to start those at the beginning, and then it follows the patient uh, basket all the way to the bag. That way, whoever is at checkout knows that they need to pull somebody to come and speak to the patient. So. I just wanted to reiterate that that works, and that's what we've been doing in our pharmacy. Thanks. Yeah, I appreciate that. Trip? Two things. One, I'm a big fan of copy and paste, and so the less stuff on paper, the more easily it is copy and pasted to a different platform or, or some other way for submission. So we kind of use that as our North Star, and I echo what everybody else was saying. But um, I think this is a good time, too, and something that hasn't been mentioned is the ownership of clinical data. Um, once we put it in these uh, tertiary platforms um, and we change vendors, it disappears. And, and I haven't heard anybody's game plan on how to, to, to channel that information over as if you were, were changing um, pharmacy software dispensing systems. So just, just something I think through the coaching process we need to keep in the back of our minds is, you you may want to change vendors at some point, and what happens to all your clinical documentation at that point? Yep. 
I appreciate that trip. And that is a conversation that we do have with our vendors all the time. And, you know, because we create our own clinical documentation system, it is our data. Uh, but as we use other vendors for like MedSync, um, you know, we have to uh, make sure that that data is, is, is ours and not theirs. And um, so I appreciate that. And I think we have to make sure we have those conversations with our vendor as well, too, as we move forward. And that's about all that I really had for this. And what I'd like to do, and I'm going to select two people who are going to be our, our SMEs that are going to help with this change package. And I apologize that I'm picking you guys, but based upon the conversations we had, I think Matt O and uh, Jeff Olson um, would be two good people that can work with Suzanne um, as we um, start developing and uh, expand out this uh, change package. Are you both okay with that? Yes. Hard for me to say no to you, Randy. Oh, I know, Matt. That's because you're the one who got me sucked into this, right? <laughs> that would be true. <laughs> so, no, that's great. So I appreciate it. And I appreciate the comments that you um, provided us today. I think this was very helpful. Um, hopefully we captured some good comments and now we can, you know, help to develop this change package. So, um, I don't know, Cody or Heidi, if anybody has any um, comments to make at the end, but that's that's all I had today. That's all for me, Randy. I just echo your thanks to everyone being on the line with us. All right. Well, everybody have a great week, and I think this is going to be a great change package, and the comments were very helpful. And um, I, I want to thank all of you for all of your work because the input you provide to us has a tremendous impact on the direction we take our change packages, and this, we couldn't do it without you. So thank you very much for your time. Good day, all. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. The Thrive Subscribe podcast is brought to you by Thrive Pharmacy Transformations. Visit us online at tptransformations.com where you can join our free community to inspire you, challenge you, and transform your pharmacy practice.